Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So what did you think of Marvel's Spider-Man for PlayStation 4? I have so many thoughts, I can't express them in a marketable soundbite right now. Should we ask what your should we wake up your son and ask what he thought of Marvel Spider-Man? Maybe we should have started the podcast when he was still awake. Maybe we I should. I think have. it's pretty much his favorite thing ever in the right entire now, history of the universe. He was he was right really now. like he was sitting there. I think you can finish the Black Cat trophies before uh, my dad comes down from my bedtime. So <laughs> it was pretty amusing. So yeah, and I think I do want to start off with that actually because I've I've seen some reviews and I've seen so, some discussions and analysis and it is the one angle no one has really talked about is Marvel Spider-Man is a game that's got to be played by kids as well. So, and of course the first thing that, like I don't think anyone's really been complaining about its accessibility, but I have seen more than one person, though one in particular, discuss the combat as, you know, comparing to things like Devil May Cry, comparing to more intricate combat systems and saying, you know, it's limited in that way, that way, that way. And... The combat, this is a game that's going to be played by people that are not huge video game enthusiasts. They don't buy games like multiple games a month. They don't buy games at least once a month even. They might buy games once in a while. Marvel Spider-Man is like the big game for them. So they buy it and they're going to play it and they might take two months to play through the whole thing. But it's like... These are people that are less. I mean, you know, I'm trying not to dunk on people on the internet when I see someone say, "Yeah, you know, I'm playing it on friendly difficulty. Maybe after I finish it, I'll come back on amazing difficulty." I'm like, my seven-year-old son beat it on friendly difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> but you at, the noob. Same, at the same time, like, remember we were talking about God of War? How a lot of people are like, "Yeah, the game's actually fun when you knock it down a difficulty." Like, so I, I think. Honestly, yeah, no, there's there's a lot there's a lot there. Though in that that regard, it's kind of because the combat's bad in the beginning, but controversial statement. Anyways, there's controversial um, statement. Well, but Spider-Man suffers from some of the same issues because my opinions on the combat after getting the whole skill tree unlocked and finishing the game actually actually thought the combat was better, and then I remember the reason why I had problems with the combat was just that what it makes it feel like is that all of these options that you unlock feel necessary. And the we'll, ability, the, especially like some of the dodging stuff, the dodging slowdowns, the instant takedowns and things like yeah. that. Now, they, before, you, before you go too deep into that, because before we were going to record about Spider-Man, our topic for the week was going to be skill trees and maybe just open world game design elements in general but skill trees is going to be something you're going to discuss because i was starting to have some frustration not just from spider-man but thinking back to god of war and also i was playing shadow of the tomb raider which now had skill mural something it was yeah depicted a different way but it's effectively skill trees still and that's going to be a topic I want to save for next time. I want to I want to dive more into that, but I will say I agree that this is a game that I think will shine on New Game Plus, which is coming out eventually. Hmm. Um, which later this month, I think you said. Like evidently, I think, I think it's later this month is what I heard. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I think it was one of those things where they said 
Maybe they said by late September and then it never showed and now it's like, well, it's coming. Maybe they didn't plan on it and then it's like, oh wait, people actually really like this kind of feature, so let's let's make it happen. So, New Game Plus, maybe playing it on a higher difficulty or just playing it again with all the abilities unlocked, that seems like it would be like the way to play. Yeah, so... Actually, so the combat is the combat's really pretty basic, right? And initially, when you think about it, you've got very punch, much initially, yes. Punch, dodge, and then the, your main your main ability: punch, dodge, zip to an enemy, and there are some, web an enemy. There are some fancy tricks like the guys with the shield the dodge, punch and slide under with the dodge. But it's still, it's punch, dodge, or something like yes. that. So that's kick, punch. It's all in the mind. And then what the so theoretically. You can go through, you can play straight through the game, never unlock anything on any skill tree, and probably not have too much trouble finishing the game's story. Yeah, I mean, your son wasn't even max level when he finished the story. He had a lot of icons on that map. When he was, like, oh yeah, he game. didn't, he did hardly, he did enough of the uh, side missions to unlock the suits that he thought looked cool. Yeah. That was basically all he ever did in terms of side missions. So, so right, so you, you have you have this kind of a basic thing, but because it's an open world game, you're constant and because of the the really the somewhat I would say almost brilliant design of it in being a Spider-Man game, and that's that Spider-Man can't get anywhere without running into trouble. That you're trying to swing down the block and somebody steals the car. Yeah, okay, stop the guy who steals the car. Then you're swinging someplace else, and somebody's holding up a liquor store or something. You stop those guys. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And, it, and then it escalates as the game goes on, but you reach a certain point in the game, and it's like you can't move two feet without someone shooting a rocket launcher at you. Yeah. And then five snipers shooting you while you're stunned from the rocket launcher. Yeah, they, they, they kind of hit that Arkham level of enemies everywhere, and it's really... Well, it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating, but it's not as bad as Arkham, because I, I always remember specifically Arkham Origins feeling like you couldn't go anywhere without snipers on the roofs trying to kill you. But Spider-Man is more mobile, that you don't even have to focus on dodging most of the time, that like people will be aiming at you, but they won't necessarily Right, hit. and that's the thing, you can, you can move past the other stuff really fast, but if you're like me at least, you're Spider-Man. And you're like, would Spider-Man stop these goons shooting rocket launchers into the street? Or would Spider-Man just keep on swinging? Not my problem. <laughs> well, I mean, he's got he's, he's literally got bigger fish to fry. Well, maybe not he literally, does. but figuratively got bigger but fish that's, to fry. But that's, that's part of his whole problem, right? Is that everything is always, it's the prioritization. It's that, you know, I've got a job, and I've got a family, and I've got... Spider-Man, and I want to stop the big villain, but then stopping the big villain means I'm late for work, and I lose my job, and my work is important, and if I don't have my job, I can't keep being Spider-Man, and... And early on in the game, they do so well with this. I really liked the first few hours of the game, where, you you know, you do your opening mission where you're just Spider-Man, stopping a crime, and then you gotta go be Peter Parker for a while, and then you gotta be Spider-Man a little bit before you're late for being Peter Parker, and... Juggling all that stuff was really nice, and I wrote about this a bit on my blog, because then you also have the, um, you have, like, the first time I ran into the car crash, where it's like, 
oh my goodness, there's no one to actually fight. I just got to right. rescue civilians from a car crash, and I loved that. It was a real big superhero deal. And then all of a sudden, we're just back to fighting thugs. Even those missions become fighting thugs. Like, like you save someone from the car crash, and then goons show up or something. Yeah, it's like, oh, here they are! Or, or the or hit the, and run. Or, or, or the hit and run. run. So now you got to chase down the people who cra who cause the hit and run and then fight goons. And mixing and matching kinds of crimes isn't, like, a bad idea. Like, making a modular like that is kind of cool because it helps keep it fresh. But at the same time... It's like, okay, I was just being a hero. Now I gotta fight people again. And all Spider-Man evidently does is punch people in the face. Why can't he do something more than punch people in the face? <laughs> what are you, J. Jonah Jameson? Evidently. Complaining about Spider-Man punching people in the face. Those were bad guys he punched in the face. You know that? <laughs> they were American citizens. Yeah, they were American citizens. <laughs> and because Spider-Man punched them in the face, now they're gonna punch somebody else harder. I'm doing voices today, apparently. I'm trying to figure out how to write their version of J. Jonah Jameson. A weird combination of Alex Jones and... Oh, who's that Fox News guy? Uh, Bill O'Reilly or something? Oh, uh, like yeah. And yet, at the same time, every once in a while, he says something that is like... You know, he kind of has a point, and what, what, what does that say about me? Am I supposed to feel like... Well, I think everything they, he says is ridiculous. It's kind of weird. Well, I think I think they added. So this is for our listeners here who are unfamiliar with J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, which, as an aside, I was thinking to myself, like, there's somebody playing this game that has no idea what's coming. Like, I know everything that's coming. I know I know who all these people are, and somebody's gonna someone's gonna play this game, know nothing about Spider Man. And get the biggest shock of their life, you know, three quarters of the way through the game. I mean, uh, maybe. Maybe. I guess they never saw Spider-Man 2. Well, yeah, who's... <laughs> think about it. If you're... Maybe I just spoiled it right there. <laughs> anyway, no, no, anyway, the, um... But so anyway, so I thought that the J. Jonah Jameson, they, they added a little bit of complexity in there. Because at sort of the the lowest narrative point, he's kind of like, okay, you know what? Spider-Man's not the worst right now. We've got bigger problems yes, than Spider-Man yes, yes. and things like that where he was and his sort of motivational, some of his motivational like talks or whatever. Yeah. About, like, well, then you go down fighting. <laughs> like and he, even after you beat the game, he's got one that is Congratulations to Spider-Man. So he's got yeah. his moments. Yeah. So so, so I, I thought it was right. So they're, they're obviously trying to do a character of a white ring kind of conspiracy theory-ish. White uh, ring. Right. White. White ring. A white ring. A far right. Uh, you know, he's an Alex Jones kind of type. But not as funny as Alex Jones, and a little too sane to be Alex Jones. Yeah. Yeah. But. And I think, I thought it was, it was fun. This also leads into one of my problems with the game is that the, the, everything always was getting, I'm moving quickly from thing to thing and things always get cut off. So you're like talking to Mary Jane on the phone or something. Next thing you know, like, you're accidentally in a mission. Yeah, you're accidentally like chasing a car or something and Mary Jane gets cut off. And sometimes they, if it's like a, if it's a necessary, like a plot, necessary conversation. He'll call you back and be like, sorry, I got, you know. Yeah, hung up and then they'll continue it. But sometimes you just lose 
whatever color conversation was going on that yeah. was going on whether it's J. Jonah Jameson or uh, what was the police officer Yuri Spider Cop uh, Yuri Yuri, yeah, no, Yuri not Spider Cop uh, <laughs> so you you lose that so that's a, that's a minor thing um, but the what were we talking about why don't you say something question. I'm talking all the time today usually it's you now it's me usually it is me yeah um, no I mean basically I'm just uh, uh because I started along with like uh, Titus and everything, and things oh, being yeah. accessible. So, so things being accessible, and, and again, like with the combat, things are accessible. People don't right. play often. Yeah. So, so just looping back around to that. So, um, so my seven-year-old son. I know I'm a terrible parent. Let my seven-year-old old son play this game. Uh, I mean, it's not the Batman Arkham games. That's true. Um, Even though those are also rated teen for some reason. Yeah, and there's some there's some pretty intense moments, and. So, but it's it's always fun seeing the game through his eyes. So now I'm always yelling at him during the, while he's doing the combat. Use your webs. It's like no, switch your webs. No. He uh, was much more receptive to me tonight when I was trying to help. Oh well, no, he's getting he's gotten better. He's been he's been cleaning up a lot of the bases. He actually has. He, he surprised me. He's really doing really good with the launch points when he's yeah. going around the city. Yeah, he's been he's been. But it took him the whole game basically. To start experimenting with more skills. Mm. Um, hey man, sometimes it takes a while. I mean, this kid's half my niece's age, and I'm pretty sure he's better at video games than she is. <laughs> yeah, but but so so just it's an interesting perspective to have on the game where you where you're saying right. So this is for a casual gamer, um, for like someone who really has you know, has a PS4 for the kids or whatever, and like oh like, I'm gonna pick this up like that kind of thing. Right, like this is. This is a, a game that edges sort of the, the accessibility, but then also having some real challenge in the... But sometimes it fumbles it a little bit. It does, it does. Because yeah. that's one of the things I was also going to step into when it comes to the challenge. Because the game does have a bit more depth. It's just not in things like combos. You're not going to be doing insane, crazy combos. It's more about what's going on in the environment, your gadgets and who you're going to be targeting kind of a deal. Right. But at the same time, it makes it difficult. And just watching your son play did bring a bunch of these frustrations back to me because like, you got no lock on. And it's like he's trying to get the challenge where you throw like five jetpack guys in this attack. And he's... I, I just realized that might be a gameplay spoil. We're going to be mildly spoiling things, I guess, by accident throughout. Guys, there's some at some point in the game there you are... You fight guys with jetpacks. Jet Okay. I'm sorry. Um, if, if that was too much of a spoiler from you, unsubscribe to the podcast. <laughs> and don't, unlike, don't, 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 unlike don't. Ramble Pack 64. No, 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 no. Um, but the um, he, he's trying to make sure he can web these guys up and then throw them. But there's so many enemies on screen that he'll end up aiming at the wrong guy or then he wastes all the webs and now he can't yep. get that guy and then he accidentally uses the other attack on or he manages to web that guy up but then when he goes to grab someone to throw them he grabs another guy and this is kind of an issue with how the game especially because they throw so many goons at you a sort of like targeting some kind of targeting system for that kind of stuff. I mean, there technically is kind of one, but it's just... There's a loose auto-lock-on um, I, that I think works reasonably well in most cases. 
Um, it's until you're trying to do specific stuff like I want to throw that guy because I want to hit this check mark rather than right. this is an opportune time to throw that guy. Yeah. Which is like generally it's a better off the cuff kind of gameplay system. Where and, and that's where it does you do feel like Spider-Man. Yes. And that's because you're Oh, man, that's something we could go without saying that this whole podcast. <laughs> but that's no, but I think I was I was I was playing a little bit before. Um and so right, so in the Batman games, you know, the Arkham games, you feel like Batman, right? But so what, what I think make, makes you feel like Spider-Man is that you're like you're just like bouncing from thing to thing. You're acrobatic. And you're, yeah, you're acrobatic, but it's sort of like it's not like what would you say? Like Spider-Man is not a great fighter. He's not like he's not trained. He's right. He's he, not he's Iron not, Fist. He's not Iron Fist. He's or Batman, who or has all Batman, the he right. knows every martial art, evidently. But what it is, the the on-screen cueing sort of makes you it gives you spider sense where okay if I dodge now then then I'll avoid this you know the attack theoretically theoretically if you don't dodge into something else or dodge the wrong way or, or other things um, see that's my gripe because if you do the perfect dodge you're set and the perfect dodge is effectively and it's something you unlock it's <laughs> yeah it's when the spidey senses go blue you hit the perfect dodge. You hit the dodge button at that time. Time slows down. He webs the guy in the face to disable him for a little bit, and possibly set them up for an instant kill if you if you have that upgrade. Instant knockout, not kill. Spider-Man instant, doesn't kill. He doesn't people. kill people. No. Even when they're thrown off the building, they get webbed back to it. Yeah, they're fine. Totally fine. You just usually don't see it. You have to be looking for it. Anyways, even no, when the, 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 that's another one that you, uh, if you perfect dodge a guy with a gun. Then you can do an instant knockout, but you've got to unlock that ability. Again, these are all things that are incredibly useful and increase all of your options, but you've got to basically play the heck out of the game in order to get them, which means you might do more difficult combat than the story missions require just to unlock better combat abilities. Yeah, and that's... Again, sorry, sorry, because I'm sorry, tirade... Not tarried, um, digression, because dodging. If you don't do the perfect dodge, then a lot of times, especially with like the brute guys, it's especially noticeable with the brute guys, big hulking guys, kind of Kingpin Jr., if you don't perfect dodge, they will spin on the their heel mid-punch and still connect with your jaw, oh, and it looks so... ridiculous. It looks so artificial. It's so They'll slide three feet across pavement... Not taking a step, just slide. They hover right to you to connect that punch because you didn't dodge at the right time. And notice, this is on the normal difficulty. Watching Titus, enemies are far less aggressive on the easier difficulty. They attack more one at a time. The riflemen don't track you nearly as expertly. We're talking criminals know exactly what Spider-Man's trajectory is going to be and how to lead him. Because if you dodge enemy fire, it doesn't matter. They've got they, they, they've got you. They've got you, they're hitting you. And it's really bad towards the later parts of the game where there's like three or four gunmen at once. Oh, they do it, dude. They do yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta take out the gunmen You first. do the swing. 
Even if you do the swing attack, they've got you that whole time, man. No, but that's not. You don't do the swing attack. Who uses swings attack? You 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 wait. You dodge, then you zip, then you take one down, and now you're where the gunmen are. So you just zip, take them down, zip, take them down, and then you go clear out the rest of the guys. And you use the web bomb. But what you, you don't see because the camera's not giving you any kind of attention is four more guys appeared up over here. Then you go up there and you do this. You do the same thing on them. Okay, Mister, I'm great at everything. I'm not great at everything, but that, I thought that was actually <laughs> where, where you learn, you sort of like learn the strategy of how to be Spider-Man, right? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Easy. I mean, rockets are always convenient once you can throw them back. Once you can throw the rockets back, the rockets are great because they give you the most warning. They give you a good good timing. Yeah. Ah, uh, I see. I'm kind of good at throwing the rockets. That's because okay, evidently you're not that good. Apparently, I'm not that good. See, there you go. I mean, my strategy towards the towards the end was. I mean, you can't even three star the 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 Taskmaster bomb challenges, man. But I can do the combat. I can do the stealth ones. You couldn't do the stealth ones. No, because I was trying to actually be stealthy. But I would. You, no, you're trying to be slow. Ah. Anyway, so so yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack with the combat. There's a lot to unpack from a design and philosophical standpoint. Like, like, like he was saying, Chris was saying, not the other guy in the room. Um, the, yeah, you're going to have to do missions that are harder than anything in the story to unlock more options for the story, like combat options that you'll then use in the story missions. But for the most part, even honestly, most of the optional content, especially where you get to the, um, around the, the midway to two-thirds point of the game, most of that optional content is harder than the story missions. There's really only, there's two or three really difficult points in the story mission, I, I felt like. Oh. Or not, not even difficult, but parts that use your that where you'll feel better if you had unlocked a bunch of skills if you yeah. it's like especially things like um, the increasing your distance for the silent perch takedowns yes yes um, or like there's a there's a handful of skills that there's a there's maybe two or three story missions that you're like man I am I'm glad I unlocked that extra ability but other than that it's not really there's a lot to on. Un like, there's a lot of different strategies. You get like ten different types of webs. I use like three of them. I use impact yeah. webs. I use standard webs. I use web box. I would have preferred. D does the D-pad do anything in this game? Does the D-pad do anything? The camera. That's it. I, I mean, I know it does the camera. I don't know if it does isn't, anything else. Isn't that what the right stick does? We know to activate the camera. That's like, the shortcut for photo mode. No, 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 like, when I want to take a picture of a landmark, I hit up on the D-pad. Oh. And it switches me to camera mode, not photo mode. See, I would have much rather that be on the radial menu, and then you'd be free to customize shortcuts onto the D-pad. Because, like, I would have... That would have been easier to switch in and out of in combat. And I would have definitely used impact web, the electric web, 
uh, maybe the web bomb, and then the uh, the the stasis field or whatever. Suspension matrix. Oh yeah, I didn't mean to use that. It was very useful for the uh, whip guys and some of the other more advanced uh, enemies yeah. that could like block everything. I mean, the whip guys are really annoying because if you try and grab them, they just grab you. They've got insane reach. Yeah, the, the whip quick. guys. The whip guys so, are the worst. Once you get the dodge warning, you're like, oh, I'm waiting for the perfect. Oh, I've been hit. Yeah. No, waiting for that perfect dodge because otherwise you get hit anyway. Yeah, see, I guess I didn't worry too much about the perfect dodges. We had well, a lot of times you just get the timing anyway, but partially because, again, enemies are very aggressive in the normal mode, so you might have, like, five I, guys attacking and one of them will perfect dodge by luck. I was very aggressive, though. Maybe is is maybe the difference there. No, I was very aggressive, too. I like I playing know. these games aggressively. I don't know that, man. We just we, we had different... Well, that's the thing. There, it gives you... There's a, so many combat options. What was your highest combo cabin? I broke 100 a few times. I don't know. So you're a jerk because the only one I remember specifically is 125 on Tombstone. Okay, I didn't even I didn't even do those Tombstone missions. I know I got a I think I got a 101 in the um, the Grand Grand Central Station, and yeah. I got I got I actually I took a video of the one where I got I got like 105 in um, one of the Kingpin construction sites. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't very common for me to get that, partially because what really irritated me is most of the time I averaged around the 30 to 40 range, but that's because, again, the aforementioned, like, you dodge, and then the guy just floats three feet and connects the punch because he didn't perfect dodge. Well, it's actually, if you dodge into those guys, you go over them, and they miss. What? Like, if you dodge into them, the brutes? The brutes, yeah, you'll go over the brutes usually. I'm talking anybody, like anybody. Well, I'm just saying. Because okay, I work with the regular guys with the batons too. You just it's, gotta counter for everything. Jeez. Yeah, I know, I'm terrible. I'm a jerk. Um but anyway, so as you can hear, there is a, there are just a lot of different combat options and everyone's gonna find their own way to play, I feel like. Is that's that's the kind of thing where you're probably gonna have these conversations with someone else who played and say Oh well, you know, I never use the impact web, but I use the. I don't know. What else do you use? Suspension matrix. The suspension matrix web. or something like the that. Web I didn't see. I didn't. Really useful. I didn't touch the suspension matrix the entire game. I don't think. It's a very late unlock. Yeah, I, I saw it. And it's one that I don't think they ever because there's a bunch they force you to use, like the trip mine. But mm -hmm. then that one is like, okay, you unlock the suspension matrix. You don't need to ever use it. And then there's all the suit powers as well, which I always forgot that I had. That makes suit the spider the, the 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 Stark suit makes the spider drone completely worthless, because the spider drone is a like really weak version of in the Stark suit. Hit R three and a super electric like if you're trying to get any kind of like high combat counter or anything, don't use that ability because it will just annihilate enemies across the battlefield. It's uh, on the other hand, if you're having a really tough time, it's the perfect ability to unleash. There you go. The one I, d I liked using was the... Uh, what one was it? The gun. The one that disabled everyone's guns. Oh, like an EMP blast. Yeah, the EMP. Yeah, it was an early one. I, I still, I still that wasn't that the guitar one, one was it? No, that was just the regular shockwave. That was a shockwave, yeah. Um, so should we talk about like themes thematic stuff 
I don't think we can ramble. The narrative? Yeah, well, not just that, like, well, the we narrative. Did, we didn't even like, discuss web well, uh, Do we need to discuss oh, web slinging? Everybody's been talking about web slinging. Hey, guys, guess what? Being Spider-Man is fun. Yeah. Web slinging is fun. You I mean, effectively, fast. it's an open world game that works because it's got a really fun way of moving around. Right, I guess we can talk about the, we can talk about the sandbox a little bit. Where yeah. it's... So... It's broad, but not deep, really. In terms of outside of markers on the map, there's not really anything to do. Sort of. And I only say sort of because there are tiny, small little things. They're not really things to do. But, like, did you know if you go to the Daily Bugle newspaper dispensers on the street, you will get a newspaper? I did not know that. It's just a like a headline kind of a deal, like what right. Peter has got like pinned up on his wall. And there's lap. like spider Twitter but, and like yeah, eh, I, I kind of don't like spider Twitter, spider Twitter. But I just found this interesting because I found it by accident, and you can just go from da- like these different Daily Bugle stations and find well not stations but the different dispensers, the vending machines, and you can get a different issue of Daily Bugle with something new to say, and it's. Or, Kind of, I found it kind of cool. That was something you don't need to do in an open world. And it's game. like you can high five certain people. Yes. On the sidewalk. That was annoying to get that trophy. Um. So, yeah, but I guess what it, what it is, it doesn't like, and part of the problem is because you move so fast, you just it doesn't feel like there's much there, even though there there might be. But you think of something like now, this probably isn't your favorite open world, but if something like Horizon Zero Dawn... Um, it takes 8,000 years to get anywhere? Yeah, it takes 8,000 years to get anywhere, but it feels... I don't know. No, I, it's it's the tough part about open worlds in general. Why, for example, is... like I think the biggest advantage that Spider-Man has going for it, again, is honestly the way you move around. Yeah. Because you're at least thinking about how you're going to get some... Like, you might not be thinking specifically about how you're getting somewhere, but I'm thinking, okay, am I going... Like, where are the high buildings? Are there low buildings here? How am I, I going to navigate that? I have to cross Central that? Park? Please don't tell me I have to cross Central Park. Yeah, Titus was saying that you didn't like that. <laughs> like he Central was like, Park. Dad doesn't like Central Park. It's like, ah, that's because your dad's bad at video games. Oh... Uh, no, it's Central Central Park's one of those areas. Any area with water, where if you just fall in, Spider-Man can't swim. He, he just sits there until you find something to web to. Or he can kind of swim. And he can swim. Very it's not slow. slow. It's not like the kind of swim that, it's, say, somebody with like a hundred times the strength of an average person swims. It's just like, for a thousand times. I don't know. Whatever it's supposed strong. to be. As, as, as I was saying, to, I was saying in the comments section somewhere, I was like, "Spider-Man is as strong as the plot dictates him to be." Yeah, but <laughs> but he should he, be able to properly swim. He should be able to properly swim. I just like a some guy on the street and is not going to take Spider-Man down with a punch. <laughs> it's just not. And I understand it's a video game, so it has to be able to happen. Well, he doesn't take you down with one punch. He takes you down with several punches. 
Well, but I'm thinking of like the one of like the brute guys or something like take down like King half Jr. your health bar with a with a well placed hit or something like that or a well placed combo. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's it's still in the regular video games. Those are the where you don't feel like Spider-Man. As I said, Spider-Man is exactly as strong as the plot dictates him to be. And or also, in this case, like, the game mechanics. When when you launch somebody into the air and do a combo on them and then they're not knocked out and you're like really. <laughs> I just sent you flying 30 feet. Why are you not knocked out? <laughs> yeah. Or at least out of commission. Yeah, you're... Possibly no, permanently. I, I, but I, you can you can kind of forgive that stuff. Um, but in terms of... Right. So web slinging is really fun. And it's, it's a fun way to get around. It's... The more you play around with it, you can see how they... How they sort of... I don't know what you call it. Somebody oh. described it as movie physics. That it's sort of like you don't. The, the it feels really, exactly like it would feel in the movies. Like, but it's not actually it's, realistic. Like, it's sort of like oh no, your no, web no. gets you get too close to the ground, and your Game web, Maker's Toolkit was bringing this up, I think. And your web gets shorter, basically. Theoretically, yeah. you don't you don't actually touch the ground where you should, yeah. and you you know you gain momentum from things that basically don't if you make if, sense. if you launch the web shooter at a certain point close to the ground no matter where it latches onto you stop exactly where the game needs you to stop yeah. in order to maintain that illusion right and to and as a result feel you feel just like uh venom you feel like venom it, you know it gives you the same <laughs> sense of exhilaration as the camera tries to give you in the films, when he's right. in the city and he's close to the cars and he's swinging overhead, that's generally the feeling they try and give you. Yeah, they try you. and and they do they do a good job of that. And I think the right. So most most of the city, other than your your waypoints, your your shiny spots on the map, is there's not really anything to do. Right, you can get a newspaper. You can give somebody a high five, uh, but as you start clearing out, once you've, you've found all the backpacks and all of that, it's sort of, it's kind of... There's Easter eggs to find, but only if you want to go find right, them. Right, but it's, it's and pretty... And some of them are also given to you. And you're, there's not really anything you can do with the, the pedestrians and, and whatever else. Like, there's nothing... Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like... Ah, I, don't, I don't know how to The world ex essentially exists for you to get around it. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And But it's... I don't think that's a, a negative point. I don't think every game needs to be Skyrim or something where you've got all these... all this space to trek through and... I mean, I started recognizing some uh, landmarks as I was playing through, which yeah. is a good thing for an open world game. And also... Honestly, I don't mind an open world game just being a place for me to wander and it's still like that this game is only like 30 hours to complete everything or so like it didn't take me very long to platinum mm. trophy this game and, and That's the thing for all the complaints I've had I think it says a testament to the games and how enjoyable it is that I got the platinum trophy <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. it, it, it's it, it, it's kind of... It is that weird thing, because you want a open world that really pulls you in. Like, for you, like, you, your big callback to so many games is The Witcher 3. For me, it's always Breath of the Wild. And 
Like, I think of Breath of the Wild and how that world's designed, and even now it's like, yeah, I remember very specific points of that landscape. Yeah. Because of how I interacted with that world. At the same time, I do remember interacting with Avengers Tower, for example. Right. Or swinging around certain kinds of buildings, having to go by ESU kind of a deal. Like, I remember yeah. some of these locations in Spider-Man because of how I had to interact with them. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. It's so, right, it's fun. It's exactly what it needs to be. Uh, it doesn't... It's so... Right, so for, for example, right, for me, Witcher 3 is the gold standard of open world games. But not every game needs to be Witcher 3, and Spider-Man is not the Witcher. Uh, and it's not any worse for not being the Witcher. I think the, the open world portions are great. They do a great job of not falling into the excesses of uh, Ubisoft open world games yeah. with, where you've got markers everywhere. I mean, especially hearing about Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now and hearing all the, like, everyone's, like, mixture of love and hate for it, 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 it really does bring to me, like, man, thank goodness for Spider-Man. It's much closer to my ideal open world than, like, most open world games manage to get. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that. I think it's it's again it's it's a point of focus, where the the world feels focused and purposeful, and even though you know you don't have a lot of side missions or quests or whatever else that feel totally essential to the plot, and you know you can get things totally out of plot order, like where you know you finish the game. And then you're rooting out a gang that was defeated. defeated and no longer exists after the end of the game or whatever else. Like, whatever. The... Everything, the there's, there's still, like, so finding the collectibles, for example. Uh, the, the backpacks. They're yeah. all just, the, every, every backpack, it just feels like a cool little Easter egg. For the most part, and it helps fill out the gap with like, here's all the canonical things that have happened so far. Right. Because again, this is not, this is an eight years experience Peter Parker, but clearly he hasn't faced his entire rogues gallery yet. It's a sort of starting point, but yeah. not. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, basically. So you, right, you have all this history, and so you get these history in the backpacks. And that made them feel cool. That made them feel not just like feathers. <laughs> or flags that you're collecting. You're collecting something that each one there's has a, has a little story. And they say something about Peter Parker as well, because then there's like you have the cartoon like or the crayon drawing that a kid made for him. Right. And it's like okay, I mean, and yeah, there's the ridiculousness of he had like 55 backpack. It's like why does he own 55 back? And he lampshades it. He evidently wants some contest for. Like a lifetime supply of backpacks. <laughs> That's awesome. I forget where the line is dropped, but basically he. That's awesome. He I says that it. It's line. like he 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 won lifetime supply or something like that. So that's why he's got so many backpacks, and why they're strewn all over the city. And some of them in the most obvious spots where it's like, how did a civilian not grab this? Right, yet? right, right. And you know they've been here. Well, for that's years. the thing. Like the, the, just like Spider-Man's strength is inconsistent. There's like the tweet where it's like my car's got all this web stuff on it, and it's like, oh, it just dissolves in a few hours, according to the internet. Then how are the backpacks still hanging up everywhere? Mm, like, you use different webs. Evidently, 
<laughs> Evidently. He's got special backpack weapon. Backpack, yeah. The, uh... Yeah, which... So... That sort of brings us... So a lot of... I think there's a lot of interesting characterizations in the game. The I mean, it's... The, the way I've tried to phrase it for a lot of... Because... And I'm also comparing it to the Batman Arkham games and to the Infamous games. To me, this is the best superhero game we've gotten so far but they can still do better again and things yeah. like why aren't there i actually wondered uh i think it was t today in today's um today's post on my website um I, d I talked about the story and one thing i tossed about was why can't there just be a mission where i'm having to grab groceries across the city for Aunt May or something like that. Oh, what if like, about oh they don't have it at this store, so I gotta go over to this district with this store to get the, these groceries. Like, How about delivering a pizza? There, there you go, delivering there, a pizza delivering for someone. Pizza. Like, just random silly stuff. Like, they kind of got that in the one where you've got to catch the pigeons for the guy. But there's not a lot of that. But I like, the, I, there's not a lot of that, and they, like, they also try and be like, oh, well, he's also saving the environment with... Harry Osborne's magic environmentalism pseudoscience machine. Yeah, they and, fly through smog clouds and save yeah, the world. Basically. And then chase down like cars that are emitting too much CO2 or something like that. Yeah, it's like and somehow we magically fix the the, the earth in a, a magic yeah. company that just has yeah. money to save. Oh, yeah, some, some of the stuff is weird. Um, but so... Sorry, I sound like I'm completely like... Yeah. Alex Jones myself now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, just hate the idea that you just can magically... Just keep your shirt on, please. Just, um, oh, God. <laughs> I just hate the idea that you can magically fix this stuff and someone's got the money for it. Like, yeah. Oh, no, of course. It's it's just a plot device. You know, just like you can't, you know, magically swing on webs and stuff. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit... Do we... Is there really much to talk about the characters before we get into spoiler zone? Um, the spoiler zone. In order to best talk about the story, we really do need to get to the spoiler zone. And even with the spoiler zone, we're going to have late game stuff we're just going to save towards the very end. Yeah. Like basically ending like spoilers. Like the minor so. spoiler zone and then the like major spoiler zone. So if you don't want to know anything about the story, um, which you can guess most of it just by the marketing campaign, honestly. Yeah, I think, I think we're um, the, for phase one of spoiler zone, we will basically talk about things you could glean from the trailers or from reading a Spider-Man comic book or two. Yeah. Um, and then we'll save the final spoiler zone for the sort of the last third, yeah, not the last third of the game, I'd say. Right. Uh, I was going to say the very end, basically. The very end. Yeah, I guess the very end. Because let's face it, again, even who the final boss is, is going to be pretty obvious. I mean, it's not obvious until about, until... Do people guess it at E3? Okay, all right. <laughs> people people guessed it, but I'm just saying maybe halfway through. It's not really obvious until about halfway through the game. Uh, fine, fine, fine. Anyway, so but let's... so but we're gonna be entering spoilers. If you're gonna back out, www.ramblepack64.com. Links to everything I do are right there. So, spoiler time. Okay, what? Aunt May is really Doctor Octopus. Isn't that crazy? Oh my goodness, I hate you. <laughs> No, so, okay. So, one of the things I really love about this game, and this is one of the things I really love I've about... I've got you this time, Peter. <laughs> Aunt May? You knew? Wait, you're Doc Ock? Wait, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Ever so, since Uncle Ben died. Sorry. So, one of the things that actually... No, I think there's really, a spoiler for There's it. a spoiler. <laughs> Uncle Ben died? <laughs> Ever... Alright, so... One of the things that was really cool about this, I felt like playing through with... Um, we, basically, my son and I played in parallel. Uh, where we would, I would wait for him to catch up, and or just do side missions, and then he would play for you know get a chance to play and catch up and that kind of thing. So the uh, is I just I really actually love a lot of the messaging in this game, where you have the the this contrast between Peter, who is no matter what always trying to do the right thing, and sometimes he just can't. Like he can't do everything yeah. that he that he wants to do that he knows he should do in in the right way, and then you contrast that with these sort of shades of gray villains who maybe they thought they were doing the right thing at first, but then they took it too far. So like, or they they think they're going to do something bad, but accomplish a greater good by doing something they know is evil. And so, it's it doesn't necessarily just totally whitewash any complexity in, in moral decision making, but at the same time, no, it, 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 it it gives you somebody who is just doing his best and is always going to do his best to do the right thing, contrasted with with villains who are complex. Um, there is a good part of them but they are driven to act selfishly and it's the way the way that i viewed it is it's a you it's a different take on the great responsibility angle mm. so often like the first spider-man movie from sam Raimi, great power comes great responsibility amazing spider-man movie tries to do that itself and technically even amazing spider-man 2 tried it mm. um spider-man homecoming is He's got the great power. He's got to learn the responsibility. They they, they, they they do that story so often. With this, he's got the responsibility down. But what we see now is how for other people that are granted great power, how it corrupts them. How they use that power for self-interest. Because, mm -hmm. and again, like this isn't really a spoiler, even though I feel like under different circumstances it would be. Martin Lee. Because right. since day one, they've been advertising Martin Lee as Mr. Negative, right. the bad guy. And it kind of sinks because when you play the game, it seems like they want to build up to that. Otherwise, you're just like, and who are the demons? Like, who are these guys? I, I was actually confused because I knew, obviously I knew Martin Lee was Mr. Negative. But then I got I missed the reveal somehow. Like, like it's like suddenly Spider-Man knows that Martin Lee is Mr. Negative. Maybe I zoned out for the, at the wrong second or got a text at the wrong time. Like, I missed the part where Peter Parker actually discovered that Martin Lee was Mr. Negative. I forget when he first sees him as Mr. Negative. It must have been quick. I, like, I forget the specifics. I forget. I remember other moments where he saw him. Right. But the specific time, you're right. Because then he's calling you. He's like, I think he's Mr. Negative. I think Martin Lee is Mr. Negative. And it's like, you got to get evidence for yeah, that, yeah. boy. Um, um, right. But so he was... I thought he was really the best example where um, other characters, there's a little bit... Um, I feel like the other characters lack the sympathetic end of Martin Lee and the sort of, it's almost like Lee is 
is taking this step and giving himself over to the darkness, willingly giving himself He's over to the darkness. He's tried all his life right, to do the right thing. But now he's like, you know what? I have this opportunity. I have to seize it. If I don't seize it, then I'd miss my chance forever. And so he's giving in. He's going to give in to his anger, his hatred, his desire for vengeance. And he's going to go after Norman Osborn. Which is kind of funny when you consider how, like, what, how, how do they wave it away? They say he's mostly bringing in, like, uh, illegal immigrants or something, like criminals from China. Like, um, however, yeah. he gets all of his gang, and it's like, now that I think about it, that's an awful lot of people to get on short notice. He would have had to have been planning this for a little while. Well, I got the impression that he was he was planning it for a long time, just waiting for fists to get behind bars, basically. Right, and then it was sort of it was right taking that that step, but, and but he sets up this whole feast thing, which is like a shelter, a food shelter, and just kind of a shelter shelter, something a community outreach kind of deal. So he, he's clearly, visibly, to the community, a good man that's done a lot of generous stuff. And it's almost like he's trying to... You get the 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 sort of the pre-full transformation into Mr. Negatively is... You get the impression he's conflicted, that he's, he's trying to atone for the evil that he knows he's going to do by doing good. Yeah. Um... And then he even thinks, but again, he even thinks that by he know by doing what he knows is wrong, that he's going to accomplish greater good. Or what and he they, believes to be greater good. What he believes to be greater good, but it's just they that's just not what how it works, basically. In in the sort of the moral word world of Spider-Man, that that's just yeah. Now in order for me to discuss further, I do have to discuss the other villains and some of the other stuff that we gotta get into. Um, you know, I guess we will go... So E3 revealed the Sinister Six, basically. They revealed that right. they're gonna... Like, what irritated me about that is that really is two-thirds through the game and very little of it is hunting down the other villains. So most of this game is just Martin Lee and his goons. And that's kind of frustrating to me. Well, see, here's what I want to... I want to try the new game plus mode because I don't really feel like there's a lot of game we in the early parts i was doing so many side missions i was doing like every crime that i came across and hitting every you know base that i stumbled upon or anything like that i wouldn't be surprised if you did straight up story mode especially with new game plus it would be like an eight hour game and i just feel like that 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 balance would feel a little bit better paced where where once you get to the whole the, the mission from the E3 trailer where it, with the breakout on the raft. Yeah. Um, it feels like at that point the story's really picked up momentum, but I don't know that that's a significantly smaller portion of the story than what came before it. Where so this so the the sort of the back half back third of the game. Well, it's gonna feel wonky either way because that's the last third. So when you're comparing it to the whole. Martin Lee stuff in the entire two-thirds of the, the, the game, then you've got the last third, and most of the bulk of your time is going to be spent, if you do the side stuff, the side stuff, doing all of the Sable stuff, doing all of the new thug, criminal, uh, the convict right. stuff, like doing all these other things that unlock. Like, that, that, that was the bulk of my time, and then See, I ended up 
just beating through the story. Well, that's what has happened to me is that when I got to, once I got to the point where you're hunting down the Sinister Six, I I just I was like straight story mode. I didn't stop to do anything at that point. Basically, I you know I took down, uh, yeah, took down Electro and Vulture and took down Rhino and Scorpion and then finished the job with Martin Lee and the mysterious sixth member of the Sinister Six, who like isn't a character introduced earlier in the game or something like that. You should really stop trying. Alright, spoilers for the final boss that you can probably final. easily predict. Well, okay, so I was really hoping they weren't going to go there. They were saving him for the with sequel. Doc Ock? With Doc Ock. I was hoping they were I saving him. I was kind of hoping that too. Like, do you remember in Batman Arkham City where you did the side quests that you then trapped you in the room where Hush had stolen, well, basically created a uh, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like a tease for the third game. That went nowhere because they didn't bring Paul Dini back. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I was expecting something like that a little bit, where you're doing all these little side um, gadget update things, but it became clearer as the story went on. It's like, okay, yeah, we're setting up Doc Ock, and especially when you consider his own vengeance and it, like, yeah, it I mean, became they pretty clear. Yeah, once, right, once you get to the certain point, there was a point where it could have gone the other way, where, you know, he, Octavius, where, so, so the way the story does it is at the end, so, you know, Spider-Man uses the, the work, the Peter Parker's work with Octavius to build a better suit to combat a doc, Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Where they could have sort of flipped it and had that, you know, against an insurmountable foe that Peter Parker Dr. goes Octopus to Dr. Octopus him. to help him make it and then that ends up being the basis for what turns him into Dr. Octopus or something like that. But if we're going to address directly what the themes and stuff and the ideas they're going with, they're it's, instead going with, again, like, like Martin Lee, Dr. Octavius is a guy that wants to help people, has spent the majority of his life trying to help people, and ultimately, it's all been taken away. He first left Oscorp. He couldn't make it on his own without Oscorp. And finally, Mayor Osborne takes his station away from him. Takes everything away. And so pushes him over the edge. Yeah. And so, so Octavius sort of is almost like the, the sort of goes to the next level... Than, than Martin Lee, I felt. Like. Well, they try and still explain it too by the the chip messing with it, like because right. he uses the Doc Ock arms, and because they got to connect connect to his right. mind. And they did sort of the same thing that Spider Man Two did in the movie, where it was the the right. He kind of goes. He tried to make it a little more scientific, like it's messing with his chemistry. Basically, it's right. interacting more with his aggressive or whatever. And he he moved too fast. Um. But right. So then. Where he ends up being, he ends up sort of much more aggressively turning, you know, okay, well, we've had, somehow taking down Norman Osborn is, you know, this great good thing that we have to do, and he's willing to do it at any cost. And the, Norman doesn't seem like the worst human being, but he doesn't seem like a good human being either, the way most of the game portrays him. No, and 
I almost wonder, knowing... Hey guys, Norman Osborn is the Green Goblin, generally speaking. I'm going to have to delete that if I can't hear you. You can hear me. Norman Osborn is the Green Goblin. I know, crazy, right? But but so I, I'm wondering if in the in the next game you're basically gonna find out like Spider-Man. That's gonna be towards the very end. We'll we'll have to deal with that later. Well, no, no, I, I, I I'm not I'm not talking about anything specific. But if now Spider-Man is gonna find himself up against some kind of Osborn-related threat and almost being like, like man, I just kind of wish I let Martin Lee take down Norman Osborn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like it almost would have like almost would have been worth it. Uh, but what I specifically want to point over to is again because one of the things these guys all get a hand on is something that Norman's company developed called the Dragon's Breath or Devil's Breath. Not intended. It was intended to be a cure for something. Didn't quite work. Instead, it infects people with a very very bad disease kind of a deal. So what? Osborne and Martin—I mean, not Osborne, Octavius and Martin Lee—choose to do is use this on the population to basically ruin Norman. So, like, ruin his city that he's the mayor of, ruin his chances for re-election, ruin his life. Which means they're willing to harm civilians in order to do this. Which means everything they stood for, doing good and helping people, they've now gone against. They all want to use this devil's breath selfishly, and in some ways, even Norman Osborn, I guess, because I forget what you mentioned about the cure. Like he, what was the deal with him and the cure? Like was he not like giving it out for? Reasons oh, I know. Or... Okay, so so all right. So what I was thinking about my my kind of point on Osborn was that all of this stuff that Osborn was doing, that so he was initially looking for a cure for his wife. And then for a cure for Harry, and See, that essentially, that, uh, and then essentially, oh yeah, that was that, that's kind of as a, as a fairly big spoiler, uh, maybe <laughs> no, it's not not a spoiler at all. But that basically he was he was willing to at any cost. So while it wasn't necessarily um, selfish in the sense that it was for him, he was trying to cure his wife, trying to cure his son. He, it's he's still, still for him in a lot of ways. It's still right. It's for him. It's it's in his own, the interest of himself and his family. He's willing to have all this collateral damage. Where it's, how many didn't it? Wasn't it implied that like over a hundred people died in the the trial? And that's how Martin Lee was turned into Mister Negative because he was a kid. He was a test subject, and it killed. It gave him the powers, and it killed his parents. Right. So you're right. You it's have Martin this, Lee's, and that's another thing: is a loss. Every, every of the major villains has lost something. Mm. Which is going to lead me into my final point where we do need to get into real spoiler territory for the end of the game. Here. Real spoilers. But here, I mean, what, what you Not get, like Norman Osborn is the Green Goblin. What I'm hoping to at least get clear, though, is we've got many characters that are facing similar challenges to Pete, but Pete has been making the choice to be responsible, to be altruistic, while everyone else is in some way acting out of selfish interest. Now, for the final, like, endgame spoiler, again, leave now, you know, beware all ye who enter, whatever. So, Peter has been altruistic this whole time. 
And it's not like he doesn't understand loss, especially because even in Otto Octavius, this is yet another, like, first, you know, his Uncle Ben, a man, mm-hmm. you know, a father figure he looks up to. He doesn't have his actual parents. He lost his Uncle Ben. And Otto Octavius became a sort of father figure for him that he looks up to, and he got to work with his hero, and he loses that right. even. He has to fight that in order to try and save the city. And his final decision is they've got this one sample of antidote. You've got to either use it as the basis for the antidote for the whole city, or use it and save your dying Aunt May. And everyone else in the city screwed. Which I really wish this was like a Mass Effect style game where you could like choose. No, no, because this is a pre-written character. You don't... Not every game has to do that. I know, I know, I know. Not every game needs player agency. But yeah, that's so right. So obviously, in contrast to to everyone he's faced who is willing to sacrifice anything to save their family, sacrifice anything Because they're so revenge, focused on their loss. Right. Peter, of course, chooses to use the the cure, to, the, the small amount of cure to synthesize the cure for everyone rather than using all of it to save his aunt. So in this game, Aunt May dies. Mm. It's a good thing we still have Marissa Tomei. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's... It actually, like, the, the game's trying something. I need to go back, replay it at least once more to see how well it works, but they're definitely trying something with creating a parallel between Pete's journey and that of the other characters. And while some of it doesn't completely hit emotionally home for me, I still very much appreciate what it is that they're trying to do there. Right. It, it, yeah, some of the, I guess, yeah, I agree. I feel like some of it really. It was really well done, where it's not... Yeah. And it also, I mean, it also kind of highlights, as you said, when it comes to good messages, it also highlights that doing the right thing is really hard. Yeah. It, it, and it often enough, it means denying yourself what it is you want in order to do the right thing. And that's that was sort of part of where I was, where I was going, you know. And I like that, that, I appreciate that, that the, you know, insomniac here has given me an opportunity to have good conversations with my seven-year-old son about the video game he just played. Uh, about, right, about sacrifice and doing the right thing and all of that. Uh, and, right, where the themes aren't... It's not like the game is any more preachy or heavy-handed with stuff than any other iteration of Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfectly... But, it's a perfectly Spider-Man homecoming story. Like, right. It's, it's about on... Well... I don't know. I don't think I enjoy it as much as I enjoy the the, the Marvel movies, but it's still pretty good. It's, it's yeah. good. It's good. It's yeah. It's almost like it could have been like the Amazing Spider-Man three that we never got, <laughs> or something. Uh, still better than where that was going. Still definitely. I mean, I, than... I have appreciation for the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but I can't really than, say they're good movies. Better than where that was going. Yeah. Um, but. Now, because we got to wrap up, let's get to predictions for the next game. Okay, so we've obviously totally breached spoilers. Obviously, Venom is going to be involved. But Venom might not be Eddie Brock, it looks like. Well, I I have issues. I have, like, real issues, just in general. I need to talk to somebody about them. No, I have issues <laughs> when, and they just did it in the movie, 
with like messing with the whole or the, the origin of Venom. Like, okay, obviously you can't have Spider-Man go to Battle World and get the symbiote from this machine on Battle World and or whatever else. <laughs> but I, you gotta have Spider-Man in the black suit. The, the, the symbiote has to bond with Spider-Man because the only re why does Venom hate Spider-Man? Because Spider-Man rejected Venom, the Venom, the symbiote, not Venom, the character. See, I never quite all, I, I never quite got all of this. Okay, so yeah, so that's just that's the, the basic... most I would remember is the, the Spider-Man cartoon, and even that's all vague memory. Right. right. So I mean, it's the gist of it, the original story, right? The, the symbiote bonds with Spider-Man. At first, Spider-Man's like, "This is awesome. I'm faster. I'm stronger. I have organic web shooters. This is amazing." And then he realizes that the suit's making him angrier, more aggressive. That it's taking him out at night, and he's fighting god goons, and he was while he was asleep because the suit's totally in control. Uh, through various comic book stuff, the Fantastic Four and a bell tower, like in the Spider-Man like Three, the third movie. he gets rid. Yeah, he gets rid of the. He gets rid of the suit. The suit bonds with Brock, who I forget the comic book beef. Was the whole idea was that Brock had a beef with Peter Parker, and the suit, the Venom of the symbiote had a beef with Spider-Man and Peter Parker, by and so they they bond over that sort of mutual hatred of Spider-Man of Peter Parker of the same guy basically of the same guy and that's what drives what drives Venom initially, and what sort of amplifies the where where. Peter Parker didn't really have the that level of aggression or hatred for the symbiote to feed off of that now a Brock or it doesn't have to be Brock if they want to streamline them but that I feel like that's where venom comes from basically that they that hate and anger it's symbiosis right so yeah. the hate and anger builds because they're they're feeding off of each other the symbiote's feeding off Brock's hate Brock's feeding off the symbiosis hate. And that's based off of the trailers, and it's the one thing that makes me in some ways interested in the movie, though kind of not, is the, the new Venom movie captures the sense that Eddie and the symbiote are two separate entities. Right. That have to work together in, in, in their own sense. Like the symbiote is nothing without a body to latch on right. to. But at the same time... That symbiote's got a lot of control, and what I saw looking at some of the more recent Venom comics is the, the symbiote is still its own identity. Venom is one thing, Eddie Brock is another. So, but again, we're talking about predictions. Predictions. Here. So predictions. I, I I just I really hope that they. Do. Is there anything else? Okay. So the one of the last cutscenes is Norman Osborn approaching. The big sick tank that they got Harry in. Um, Harry Osborn being his son, played by James Franco in the Sam Fra uh, Raimi movies. Um, so Green Goblin Jr. And he's in a sick tube, kind of like Luke from Empire Strikes Back. And you see something very symbiote-like kind of stretch out towards Norman in the glass tube. And it seems very much like it would have to be Venom. But is there anything else that it could be? 
I'm, I mean, it's got to be Venom because you're it's not going to do Carnage first. You're not going to do Carnage before it's Venom. Venom. I don't know. I mean, they're they're having they're playing fast and loose with some of this stuff, which is which is cool. I like what they're doing with it. I like having a different take. Um, right. So I just I don't know what they're going to do with it. They've got they've got that hanging out there. I thought I saw a Goblin Glider schematic, and obviously the mask that Mary Jane uses to see the structural weakness in the wall. That looks like maybe like a prototype of if they're gonna go the the Sam Raimi versus Spider-Man direction. That could have been a, a prototype of what becomes the Goblin mask. Yeah, someone's gonna be the Green Goblin eventually. Right. Um, um, or at least they want to tease that. Now, I mean, they're also running out of Spider-Man major Spider-Man villains, right? Mysterio, they're gonna bring Mysterio, or like they could. Sandman. I guess Mysterio, Sandman. I think there's a lot more villains they could really bring in. I mean, I they got the entire sentence, and you can bring some back. Right, you can bring some of those guys back. But one of one of the um, one of the things that I was thinking about as well, because also Miles Morales is in this game, and he does get the spider powers by the end. Right, and. What I think would be really neat if they decide if they decide they are going to have to kill at some point Peter Parker and bring in Miles Morales as the main Spider-Man, you got a Metal Gear Solid to it. And what I mean by that is, for those that don't remember, in the year 2000 and all, Metal Gear Solid's advertising campaign was nothing but Solid Snake and the uh, tanker mission. It made it seem like that was the entire game. Like, instead of being in the, 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 oh, what are they called? Shadow Moses. Shadow Moses. You're going to be in this one location, and you're going to be playing a solid snake like normal. And the surprise was that was only the opening hour or two of the game. And you really played as Raiden for the rest of it in a completely separate section. And everyone was really mad at the time, but then but later was we're like, really hey. And also, it was just really cool, because it's like, wow, they really pulled this one they need to do that. They need to give. They need to do the opposite of this marketing campaign, where they showed you up to two thirds of it, effectively. Yeah. And they need to basically show you just the opening couple hours, maybe, of the the next Spider-Man. If the if they kill Peter Parker, Miles Morales takes over. The alternate is you go back and forth between them. Well, that's what's going on in the main universe right now. Yeah, someone was bringing up the Spider Genin comics or something like that. Well, okay, where well, someone like, like the the Doc Ock Spider Man brings in this universe Peter Parker, and no, so it's called specifically Spider Genin. Oh, there was a, there was a different one, yeah. Well, let's get the Spider Verse. We have like both time, time and dimensional shenanigans, and so you have a team of Spider Men led and women led by. Um, the superior Spider-Man, which is Otto Octavius in Peter Parker's body, and then a future post-superior Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man, from the same Earth, leading another team of Spider-Men, both with the same goal, essentially, but different tactics that clash at various Okay, maybe that is the comic, because I read somewhere that there was a comic where superior Spider-Man comes into the game universe... And it's like, oh, wait, should we take the other kid, too? We could need as much help as we get. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. He, he, he's not ready for this yet. It basically leaves Miles in charge. And it's okay, yeah. possible that could be, like... But that feels, like, really well, lame. Like, your opening cutscene is, 
here's a clip from a comic in order to explain why Miles Morales is the main character this time. Well, like, I no. feel like you need to do something real, so either you're going to be able to sw- switch between two separate kinds of Spider-Man th- men throughout the story... So maybe like the third one, you kill Peter Parker, and yet you still, you still, no matter when you kill Peter Parker, it's got to be Metal Gear Solid Two. Well, you got to do something with them. You can't just have two Spider-Men running around. Sure, you can, and that's what I'm saying. That's what they're doing in the comics right now. Does Miles Morales go to Chicago or something? I I don't know, but you you can have that'll be a good idea. You can have it's like or Philly. I don't don't understand Philly. Do Philly better than Homefront: The Revolution? Come on, we need a game. The logic. But it's sort of like, like in in the Flash, like you've got like the Flash and Kid Flash, and like three the Flashsters. Other, yeah, like three other speedsters, all operating out of the same place. And they're like, you know what? Maybe like send one of those speedsters over to like Star City with Green Arrow, and like send another city over to go help Supergirl out or whatever. Speedster. Send one over to Bloodhaven or whatever. Yeah, Bloodhaven to help out Nightwing, and like you know, instead of having like it's just gonna be like Spider People in New York. <laughs> um, then Mary Jane's gonna get bit by a spider, and it's just gonna be a mess. When Spider Gwen's showing up, yeah, Spider Gwen. It's Ghost Spider, actually, is the proper name. Really? Ghost Spider. Okay. Because she's like white. Not like she's like a white girl, <laughs> but like her, her costume uses a lot of white. All right, regardless. Uh, so anyway, regardless, so, okay, so we gotta wrap so up. Predictions, predictions. Venom, Ghost Spider, uh, Green Goblin. The introduction of the character that is Ghost Spider. But not Ghost Spider necessarily. They're going to do with her what they did with Miles Morales. Or maybe that's the secret. Maybe they're going to make it like a Destiny-style three-player co-op action game. Oh, hold on. That would be amazing. Uh, MMO. (laughs) Spider-Man MMO. Uh, Pick your spider class. Um, Sorry. My one big complaint here. Okay, you're going to use Avengers Tower as an Easter egg... And then have like some kind of giant disaster in the city with Avengers Tower as the backdrop. See, this is my question because where are Crystal the Avengers? Dynamics, Crystal Dynamics are working on an Avengers game. Are the games going to be their own universe? Even though they're all across different publishers? Because that's a Square Enix published title by Crystal Dynamics because Crystal Dynamics right now, as they were Eidos owned, is now Square Enix owned. They're developing an Avengers game, but is it going to be completely unrelated to the Marvel Spider-Man game, or is it going to be same universe, but because I don't know, I don't know why this is Marvel's like Sony exclusive. Like Sony published it, Sony funded it, but why Sony? Like how did that happen? I, I don't know because you got Spider-Man in it. I don't know. But so anyway, yeah. So so anyway, so final thoughts is this game would have been a ten out of ten, but. No Avengers. And we had Avengers Tower, so 2 out of 10. Also, all the complaints we had about the combat in the beginning and two all that stuff. 2 out of 10 would not play. <laughs> okay, fine. We're done here, everybody. Good night. Done. That's all you need to know. 2 out of 10 would not play. Uh, because the Avengers don't show up. Good night. Good night. Hey, Steve! Spider Cop. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we're starting like that already. No. (laughs) I gotta go with a better one. I just, it occurred to me at the last second and I couldn't, like.
Alright, so we are starting again. Hey, Steve! Hey, Chris! See, I was expecting Spider-Cop again. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I was going to do Spider-Cop again. I got, I got the Spider-Cop line. Hey, Steve! Hey, Chris, this is Spider-Cop on the podcast today. Okay, let's go back to April. Ah, right, let's right. go. <laughs> hey, Steve. I'm getting a little bit of deja vu. How about you, Chris? <laughs> you jerk. Come on. <laughs> All right.